With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston, and tonight I'm joined by the nails to my toes, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing this afternoon, man? That sounds terrible. That's a good why, one. No, why? You can never think of like the perfect one to come up with whenever to start the show. It takes us at least two minutes for you to come up with a damn good starting point and nails to the. You say that I'm no better than feet. You even hate feet. If women even put feet on you, you're disgusted. That's that's not true. <laughs> Is that really not true? Well, that's that's neither here nor there. Okay, see? That's a personal manner. That's a personal. This is not a personal podcast. Dude, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I, I get it, man. You're just not a feet guy. <laughs> you're even like I thinking love, about it, like I, shivering. There's nothing I love more than a toe. Just barely touching me. If you ever saw somebody suck a toe, you turn away. In a movie, I think I've done, haven't. I there has know. to have been a something that we've watched. You know, <laughs> toe sucking. We watch those type of movies all the time. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't, I don't feel anything <laughs> like, about this, it. You're so bothered. I can't even do this anymore. So weirded out. Have I already ruined this show for you? So how long did it take you to convince yourself into Mike McCarthy? Okay, now we're getting really personal here. It took me all about five minutes. Five minutes. It really did. Because I even remember, we were on the show, I believe, whenever we were talking about the Mike McCarthy thing, and I was talking so much crap about him, just saying that how worthless, because it was all about the reports when he got the massage, mm-hmm. where him and Aaron Rodgers just hated each other. So I was, you know, I hopped on that bandwagon a little bit. But for me now, after a year... I'm cool with it. Him, they got stale in Green Bay. It doesn't work after a while. Him and Aaron hated each other. Let's have him come over. Let's see if something new works out. And he's saying he's not going to use the old style. He's the, now doing all the analytic stuff. So The analytics. The analytics. Oh, analytics. Mm-hmm. He's doing all those type of things. So I'm, I'm kind of excited because I don't know how you're going to give me better. I mean, I guess they could have waited... For who? You got to give me something then. And that's where I tell everybody. I I get if you want to make fun of the Mike McCarthy, but you have to give me somebody better then. And I don't want any of the young, the young, uh, whatever, QB coaches, offensive coordinators, the college guys. I don't want any of that. Give me somebody that's proven. I'm not going to roll the dice right now. Mm -hmm. I'm too good of a team. Yeah. I I mean, all the head coaching decisions have been weird so far. So I I don't have anybody else I can really give you. You mean racist? They've been racist? Yes. Did you so. have to explain to me the New York Giants one? I don't understand it. If, if David like, Gettleman said he's a madman. He's a crazy person. What is? I I don't understand. 
and you who else who else who else just did it it was somebody that was well, a complete I'll talk no about name dallas more briefly oh you do so are they so their their defensive coordinator is mike nolan he's been bad for like seven years no, he's been the linebackers coach for New Orleans. Yeah, but he was the DC Atlanta was terrible. He's fine now. Again, it just takes. I actually like the, the hire for that. The I'll other, be honest with you. The other thing I love too about Mike, Mc, two things loved about him. One was that trying to rain on my he went to Pro Football Focus as learning analytics, which is great. And the head of Pro Football Focus, like Dallas, got great signing. He came to our offices. And he really wanted to learn. My God, I'm glad he know he he learned that a defensive tackle can have a rating of 78.2 and have it mean absolutely nothing. So I'm glad that's what Mike McCarthy's analytics are, and I'm sure it's gonna pay out very well. The same thing was in his press conference, and one of the beat reporters asked Mike McCarthy, "It's like, so you watched every snap of the 2019 season? What'd you learn last year?" And he starts giggling. He's like, "I didn't watch every snap." So I just said that to get the job. He was all cute about it and everything. And uh, so your coach is a liar, and he's a pro football. That's what. That's hold on, hold on. That's where we're going. Yeah, with. he's you a liar. You immediately just jumped straight into that, just saying, "Oh, he's a piece <laughs> of crap, Taylor. He lied to get that job. Did you see? He's no better than the douchebags that lie on their job applications in an interview. That's what you're saying, right? That's what he did. Okay. And then all this, oh, okay. all this wisdom he learned while he's gone was. You're gonna give me somebody better right now. While you're talking all this grades. smack, you're gonna give me a name. Um. Uh, you could have signed... Tell me I could have signed Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis? Tell me I could have signed Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher? I will actually like Jeff Fisher. Okay, you can go to hell. You Can Can you give me somebody that's real? I would have liked Jeff Fisher for the Browns. Um, no. Josh McDaniels? What about that? Okay, I'd rather kill myself. The guy who actually backs out of a deal because what, what he's scared. What about Mike Leach? I don't want Mike he went Leach to Mississippi either. State today. I don't, but that's my point. I don't want these things. Which I'm really excited for that the Egg Bowl. I'm I'm, I'm going to go to the Egg Bowl next year. I'm actually going to do it. It's going to be Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach. If I would have, I'll put it to you this way: If I would have woken up and I would have had Urban Meyer signed, I would have cried. Yeah, Urban Meyer. I don't want that. Um, Who wants that? Maybe and Ar- also Arthur Mike Smith. McCarthy was also a name in need where everybody was wanting him and that's why jerry had to sign him so fast where they even had a sleepover at the house yeah what do you do at a jerry jones sleepover i don't know i feel like is it like epstein's island is it is it like that that's sort what of we're thing? doing yeah. that's what we're going we're gonna go down that road yes but instead of like underage people it's overaged people it's overaged people <laughs> and it's just like unicorn blood of course remember hey, that's you, what jerry you know, jones survives on there's just like little type of goblets everywhere just holding unicorn blood and people in robes again overage so they're at least 65 to 165 maybe, i think like 42 maybe no they're at 165 remember like what we they're immortal the or something yeah maybe that's what it is or um it's like the nfl owners they all have like a secret blood tasting yeah, you yeah. would have to to have that much money. Or I, I kind of also imagine a Jerry Jones sleepover would be the dinner scene, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where all the, there's just feathers everywhere. That's, that's what it and is. And all the lamps are made all bones. All the furniture's made all bones. It's, what, that's not even close. Why would you yeah. even say that? Do you think J- Jerry's a man of class, Matt? Sure, he, you could even say the underage, the overage, but he's definitely not going to have that type of decor. The, you know what is a good sleepover? What's <laughs> a good sleepover? A sleepover at my house. There's we a- we watch Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. We meditate. I never. We remarry all of our poetry and cry. 
We play some Diablo 3, maybe. What are you talking about? Are you inviting me over to a sleepover right now? Yeah, I'm not staying you here. You have a sleepover? I'm not staying here, Look you all, sober we so ass. We can play with the dogs. Go away. Um, Take your soberness out of here. What else can we do? We can watch some Josh Allen, all 22. Okay. We all right. Oh, wait, wait. Let's reverse this here. How are you doing? Are I'm, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I feel like that you're, that you're a little bit crying. It was that a your Buffalo game. Bills kind of failed you yeah, in the no, playoffs no. here. No, it was, it was spectacular. It was everything I wanted. Josh oh, it was Allen everything was everything you wanted, huh? Josh Allen was very good and very nope. stupid at the same time. Nope. Um, the Texans won, which is good. Oh, that's what you picked, though, right? No, I didn't pick the Texans. Weird. I lost by a half Thank a point. Thank God this is a Bills podcast. I lost by half a point. Because Taylor was right. You were right. Wrong. I was wrong. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was everything I wanted. It's just Sean Watson had but the greatest play against. of his entire career. Uh, you, you picked against it, though? Yeah, I picked against him. Of course you did. Yeah. What a fan. What a great guy. I'm not a fan. I can see you're not even wearing a jersey tonight. You want to know why? Because you know better. That's why. No, it's hot in the no, house. No, 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 no. You know better. You knew I'd give you so much. You know what? You know when Taylor to come down on you. As soon as you, well, it's because as soon as you leave, I gotta do some yoga. You know, the shaman hits calling. Oh God! So we had a question from at Huggy Bear, friend of the podcast. He asked, "What was your favorite Josh Allen play? The lateral in the fourth quarter on the ga- on the game time drive attempt, or the deep bomb to Patrick Demarco? Probably the lateral or the two sacks." That's probably well, I'll say that they're the same play. Well, he what he had a sack, but the play before was a intentional grounding. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they're the same. They are. I'm gonna put them in cohesiveness. It was also so, weird that they went empty backfield on both. You know plays. what was also weird is how terrible he was. And you have to explain to me, Josh Allen guy, because to answer the question, I will say the lateral wins all day. What do you think of that lateral? What do you think of your guy there, huh? I think if you you can't appreciate Josh Allen running, what the hell you're defending this? Just say me, it was bad. No, I know it was bad, but okay. I'm saying is that if you can't enjoy the 44 yard quarterback power, <laughs> oh if you can't enjoy some of these absurd sideline throws, if you can't enjoy that, well, if in order for you to enjoy that, you have to also enjoy him laddering the ball to Tyler Croft. And the behind view is really funny because as he's running, he looks at him. Or it was uh, Dawson Knox. What did you... He, th- he looks at him. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> runs into two tackles on purpose, tries to rugby tackle over to him. And, you know, Knox made a very smart play by knocking it backwards. But he, he saw him. He knew what he was trying to do. It was a terrible idea. But that was NFL street football. That wasn't professional football. My favorite play, though, of the game was, of course, the, the throw to the fullback. Like he's throwing across the field, throwing it to a six foot two fullback who weighs two hundred forty five pounds, who I think jumped three times trying to time that pass in the air in a double coverage, and I just have never seen anything like that before. I've never seen a deep throw to a fullback except for Garoppolo throwing it to use check here and there that works out pretty well. But not only that, double coverage, like the second most important play of the game for Buffalo, to a six foot three, two hundred forty five pound fullback. It was unbelievable. Dips. And he threw a fade to him in the, in the goal line as well, too, on their, like, end of fourth quarter drives. Like, for whatever reason, that's part of Buffalo's deep passing game is trying to throw it to their fullback. Isn't, like, a fullback now, like, everyone's fan favorite? Isn't everyone's fullback now, like, the big deal? Who's your he... favorite fullback? Do you like Amawali, whatever Dallas is? Actually, yeah, I really don't mind. Whenever he's in the game, I'm like, okay, something can happen here. So, I, you know what? It's kind of a weird feeling. Overall, it's just something where you don't expect a fullback to do much, but all the fan bases truly go and cheer. Like, they cheer for a fullback over anything else. Why is that, man? Texans fans love Colin Gillespie. 
Who's they that? love him. The A and M guy they drafted in the seventh round. Oh yeah, they love him for whatever reason. The twelfth man. What do you mean? Didn't didn't you post a video about it? Uh, yeah, I just can't believe how much they love him. Like every reply was like, he has so much heart. I knew he was <laughs> incredible. See, it's and everyone loves a fullback. It was funny because the rest of the game, he kind of he he blocked the wrong guys. He was okay on like his other few snaps, but that one block was extraordinary, and it led to that Watson zone read touchdown. But my favorite fullback though is Minnesota's. His name is C.J. Ham, and I can't think of a better fullback name than Ham. No, I would say that it still goes to San Fran. You say Ham is a better fullback. No, name. Ham. Ham is the spectacular. I'm going name. Ham. Put him in. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that damn ham at? Where's the ham? Yeah, we're putting the ham in. Give me ham. That's good. That is pretty good. I just wish he was pinker. He's not very pink. What the hell does that mean? Like, if his name is Ham, he should be a pink. He should be like really You think that because his name is Ham, then he should be pink? Yeah. Like a piggy. Where do you want him to be pink at, man? Like his whole body. Just be kind of like pink. Like on his tummy? Yeah, that'd be cute. Is that what you want? Yeah, I would like that. Dude, you're such a pink. But uh, CJ Ham isn't pink, though. What is what is the matter with you? Oh, I'm just. What just, am I even doing here? I'm just telling you how I feel. Why the is other, your belly pink? The other listener question we had was from Carlos, a fan of the podcast. He asked, how, "If you switch Bill O'Brien with Andy Reid at the beginning of the year, how many games would the Houston Texans have with Andy Reid their, as their head coach instead?" Oh, do you really want this? Yeah. Thirteen and three. Thirteen and three. Thirteen and three. Nah. That's easy for me, actually. I think they would be. 11 and 5, but they'd be a better team. You think they'd be the same? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, well, you have to think of it like this. The reason why they went 10 and 6 and won a playoff game is that they're 9 and 3 in one score games. So then they would have beat the Raiders by 13 points instead of 5 points or whatever it was. I think they would have won more games by more points, but the win loss record, it was already, it's already very inflated. So I think they probably would have only won. One more game with Andy Reid instead. I don't know why I'm listening to a Buffalo Bills fan about this. I just don't understand why I'm going to be listening to you just saying they'd be the same team with Andy Reid versus... No, I'm not. I'm saying they'd be a better team, but they would only win one more game because their win-loss record you know it's 13 is already and three. inflated. It's 13-3. and three, They've okay? already had, They already have an it's, inflated win-loss record. I don't know why you're talking to me, Bills fan. They already have an inflated... Please stop talking to me, Bills fan. They have an inflated win-loss record. Well, you know what the Bills are going to have next year? <laughs> yeah, look at you. $90 million in cap space. You can't help yourself. You can't mil- help 90, yourself. 90, you, you know what? Let it all out. $90 million Let all in cap space. Because after this, we're not talking about the Bills. $90 million in cap space. The fourth most in the NFL. Most of all, out of all playoff teams. Oh, good. What are they going to do with it? Nothing. They're going to get. They're going to take Amari Cooper from you. They're going to get a quarterback. Nah. Yeah. They're going to take Amari Cooper from you. <sighs> Please do. The first game we're going to talk about is the Houston Texans in Kansas City. Nine half point favorites for Kansas City. So last time these two teams played was week six. You know you know what was the number one song on the charts in week six? Okay, okay, hold on. Was it Camille Cabela, Senorita? Yeah, that was it. You know <laughs> what the number one movie in America was in week six? Um, Joker. Yeah, I have no idea. Actually, I think I'm pretty close here. I guess so. You yeah. know, they always do that. The last time... I don't think the, I'm close, actually. The last time the Chargers from the Super Bowl... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm close at all. Tina Turner's ball, you know, song was number one in America. Power Rangers was the number one movie in America. It was whatever they do like that. The Rockets won the NBA championship. What? You know, they always do that during the telecast and something hasn't happened forever. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm sorry, man. I was just thinking of like Tina Turner. Why 
What's up? Got yeah, there you go. Got to do with it. So the last time these two teams played What's was week six. Love? The Texans won 31-24. In that game, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes got hit. He hurt his ankle. He was hobbling around after Bernard McKinney hit him. Chris Jones was out. It was Tyreek Hill's first game back. Anthony Hitchens was out. Frank Clark was bad. He's had, I think, six sacks the last seven weeks of the season. He's been a much better player lately. Eric Fisher is out. Cam Irving was the left tackle, and he's been he was awful this year. One of the worst players in the NFL. Will Fuller dropped two deep touchdowns against Tyron Matthew. Charles Amenohu forced a fumble at the end of the half. The Texans turned to a touchdown. Mahomes threw an interception in the end zone because he thought it was a penalty. There wasn't a penalty. He was very upset. Kansas City had 10 drives that game. One happened in the half. They had two turnovers as well. And they had two three and outs, which was the really strange thing about that game too. And then Houston used this like RPO zone read pass offense where he reads the defensive end and then the defensive end sit. He runs out to the flat and they reach the linebacker and the linebacker comes after him. He throws it to the tight end. That offense doesn't work at all anymore. Teams have caught on. It doesn't exist. So thinking about that game that happened, I don't know, three months ago, is there anything at all we can take from that game and extrapolate to that this game that's happening this weekend? Yeah, Tyron Matthews still going to be the best defensive player for the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like no matter what, that's still going to be out there where Watson's going to have to be paying attention because the honey badger, he's out there, Matt. He's going to be watching. <sighs> that's good. <laughs> Your face. I was so upset when Fuller dropped those touchdowns. I said, I don't even, like, just, that's the one thing you have to do, Will. Just get, He burned them like three well, times. Wait, is he playing? No, we don't know yet. What do you mean you well, don't know? I think the groin? In that game, Fuller burned guy. him three times. He dropped two. One, Watson overthrew him. And they were able to isolate him one versus one against Matthew, and it, Matthew was beat every time. I need to know if he's playing. I don't know if he's playing. This really does affect How my much opinion. of an impact does it make if he's playing? It's he, gigantic every he's, time. He's trending to play. So what that means was is Was he trained to play last week? No. Last week it was kind of like he wasn't going to play at all. My, my whole thing is it's what with Buffalo, like what I told you beforehand. I didn't expect it to be close. That's why I picked a 10-point differential. If Will Fuller was playing, it's the exact same thing going into this game. I actually believe if Will Fuller is playing, then they will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it makes that big they of a will difference. Beat the they City will Chiefs. beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Do I need to repeat myself, Matthew? That's how big of a deal Will Fuller is to this game. And if he's not playing, it's the same thing where it's it's all about is Houston going to play up to the competition, but I don't think they'll do it enough. You have to score every play. Every play. They're going to have to at least get some points. So they're going to have, have to get what, points every play. 15 plays and score every play. Yeah. You, you know what? You know what? Okay. Drive. There you go. Is that, is that better for you? But you have your scorpion jacket on. You should have got that right. What do you mean I have my scorpion because I'm driver? Yeah. yeah no, I'm drive. Driver. No, no. I'm, I'm, wait, is it drive? Yeah, it's drive. Okay. Either way, I'm Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a cool jacket. Dude, that's a, I need to get one of those. The problem is like a hundred bucks. I try to get one for Halloween. I like the music in that movie. That's the only thing about the movie that's good because he doesn't talk. Um, I mean, I think I think Will Fuller does make a difference, but I don't think it necessarily makes a difference who's going to win this game. Like, I think even with Fuller, I think Houston's kind of because their defense is so bad. And the good thing about Will Fuller, though, is he stretches the field. He creates open throws for you know Hopkins and everybody else. But then there's also a cascading uh, effect for the offense where you get 
Kenny Stills instead of against, you know, Brashad Breeland. He's against Kansas City's third and fourth cornerback instead, which is a big difference for him. You Demarius Carter or DeAndre Carter against their, you know, fourth cornerback instead of their slot corner. And that makes a big difference. And then also the just the ability to just be able to throw the ball downfield. And the strange thing about Houston's offense is like even with Hopkins on the field, even with um, stills on the field, they don't throw the ball downfield at all. They just throw these like out routes and dig routes and it sucks and it's stupid. And hopefully they realized last week after putting DeAndre Hopkins outside as a receiver, letting him beat Tredavious Y a few times, throwing that fade to him down the left sideline, that Hopkins is more efficient. He's a big, he's a bigger player or a big, more of a big playmaker with him on the outside than the inside. Cause the Texans are going to need to score points and they're going to need him to score them probably in like you know, more long plays, more explosive plays. Because I don't see how this defense is really going to stop the Chiefs at all. Okay, and once again, nobody's going to take your opinion on this because you're a Buffalo Bills fan. And that's why you picked the Buffalo Bills last week. I need you, and I'm already... I just thought they were going to lose last week. I'm already excited with you because you're going to be picking against Houston Texans again, which I love it because I feel like this needs to be a common trend for them to be able to win. But either way, I'm with you. I'm with you in a lot of things and a lot of points that you're saying, except for the Kansas City of them just kind of destroying your secondary because I think that you're going to be going into this game expecting that Kansas City is just going to be chunking the ball downfield. Their running game has been inconsistent, being dog crap. It's been better lately, though. What, with what, Damian Williams? Yeah, they like they just they have a actual real running back again. Like, oh yeah, Damian Williams is really good. We're going to stop giving the ball he's to okay. to very old Let's LeSean not say McCoy. He's really good. I said he's very good, not really good. I said really. Let's said go very. back to the tape here. I think it goes good, he very really. good, then really good, then great, then uh, incredible, and then transcendent. But I just, I'm not confident in their running game, and I feel like that Kansas City this year, even with the passing, hasn't looked as clean. They've been. It's been kind of inconsistent. It wasn't like last year. No, but. That's the point. Ha- but again, like the difference between their offense last year and this year is pretty much their red zone touchdown rate. Yeah, but Matt, they their scored offense like is every just, drive. Yeah, they because had. they score touchdowns in the red zone, but, which is a stat that tends ooh, to change wait, year to year. If they touch the ball, no matter what, and again, this was against New England last year in the playoffs, you can go back. If they touch the ball, it's a touchdown to where you had to play keep away from the Kansas City. You don't have to do that now. Yeah, I'm saying on like a per-play basis, their offense is just as good this year as it was last year. The difference uh-huh. is that their red zone touchdown rate isn't as good. Like take the Tines, for example. The red zone touchdown rate is 73.5%, yeah. which is like an all-time great rate. Next year, it's not going to be that. Next year, it's going to be like 47%. And everybody's been really confused when the offense dropped off. No, it won't. It'll be better. Derrick um, Henry, man. I mean, I think... I mean, really, the biggest thing about this game is that the Texans have a terrible pass defense. It's one of the worst pass defenses of football. They've been able to get away with it because their offense... Josh Allen's terrible. Let me finish talking. They've been able to get away with it because their offense is a ball control offense. They, tr- they run a lot of plays. They take a lot of time off the clock. It's not explosive. It's the worst offense because of it. They only score like 24 points a game because they're just trying to keep the ball away from their defense. Also, their defense is 15th in turnovers forced, but whenever you face a limited number of drives, they have a higher turnover rate, and that saved them in a lot of games this year. And so against Kansas City, Houston has two ways they can play against them. They can try to have their vertical passing offense lead them to points and try to play shootout against Kansas City, or they can sit there and they can try to control the ball, attack the Chiefs linebackers, control the clock, uh, and then just pray and hope that their defense forces two or three turnovers, and then they can somehow you know get out of there with the win. 
I don't think that the the way they won the first time, so many breaks had to happen for them to win like that. I don't see that way happening again this time. And now you have an offense that doesn't throw the ball down fearless floors out there. And they haven't been playing like that at all this year too as well. So I think it's going to be one of those games where Houston goes down big early. The Texans then throw the ball and catch up. And like, where was this from the first play of the game? And they always start off slow. And they're going to fall behind early. And then they're going to catch back up and make the game look closer than it actually was. Yeah, you have like zero confidence in your team this game. It yeah. is just like pouring out of you right if now. It's even, you if, are, you if are it's like even just, close, it will be an extraordinary event. What do you mean it will be an extraordinary event? This is where you take the next step as a team. You're not supposed to be continuously just leaving in the same exact spot every single year. Yeah, just right? because that's what should happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't. Okay. Because the narrative should play like that doesn't mean like it's. I'm it sorry, means but anything. the narrative I played last week seemed to be much more realistic than the one that you played. They won by three points in overtime and it after was falling down behind 16 0. Correct. It was a coin toss game. Oh, either way, I don't want to talk toss. about that. I'm trying to talk about this. Exactly, and again, but I'm they going back to that in order to show all. proof that guess what? Houston has a much better shot than what you're giving them. And it's because with Kansas City having this much time off, I think that's going to play a factor into this. Show a little rust where you think automatic blowout in the first 10 minutes of the game. So Houston, Houston scored, they scored zero points last week in the first half. They've scored, te- they've scored 10 points on their first drive. The only saying. time they scored a touchdown was with A.J. McCarron at quarterback. I'm saying that the first half is going to be close. Like and I seven, feel three. like that the second half is then going to be the next step for Houston to take advantage, which that's all they need. In reality, I agree with your point on Houston being terrible in the first half, but that's all they need to do is hang in there. And then once that second half hits, they got that shot. But there's no reason that's going to happen, though. Their secondary is bad. Like there's not. That's the only hope they have. That's what and I it got. It snows and the weather is bad. I'm throwing hope. I like somebody asked. Well, how are they going to cover Kelsey? They can't. You're not covering Kelsey. How are they going to cover Tyreek? You covered Tyreek, but you they have can't. to give up Kelsey. They can't cover him. How are they going to cover Miko Hardman? They can't. They can't cover Byron Pringle. Like they don't. There's nothing. <laughs> you can cover the Pringle man. No, right, there's no. no what you're saying. There's like no good matchup at all. Where you're like, oh yeah, well maybe if I put Bradley Roby on Pringle, that's an advantage. <laughs> Pringle, that's you like want. there's nothing there. I think they're gonna put Justin Reed as the deep center fielder, and then try not get beat deep. The Chiefs lead the NFL with touchdowns over 20 yard with over 20 yards with 21 of them. Second was the Giants with 18. The Texans a big good deep pass defense, but they're 30th in DVOA against short passes. They're 31st in third down defense too. And it's hard for them to get off the field. Again, the only way they've been able to do this is by limiting the number of drives their defense has had. And then Eric Fisher's back. Their offensive line's pass protecting better with him. Um, Watt typically keep rushes for, at the tackle position. I think he'll struggle to get a rush against this team too. Really? Yeah. I mean, if they get a rush, it's going to be him on the interior. I don't really like that many pass rushing matchups they have here also. and You like nothing about this. On defensively, I don't like anything at all here. You... So even on the offensive side, what do you think the game plan should be? Do you really think that throw the ball downfield? But that's Let, a, make, but with Watson's, your idea, that's terrible. No, it should be keep away then. No, it shouldn't be keep away because you have to play perfectly, and then if you fall back down behind thirteen, you're screwed. But you're and now you're having to try catch back up. I think from the get go, you have your to think, method is touchdown, 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 yeah, touchdown. The, God, the idea has to no be way. yeah, we have to score thirty four points this game. If they come in the game, you can with Will Fuller. Maybe you can't with Will Fuller. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they can with Fuller. If you don't have him again, I, I really don't have a shot. I really, come on, man, you're supposed to be the groin expert. I here. just don't think coming this game they can be like, yeah, we're gonna try to do what we did last time. Run this play doesn't work anymore. If we score 27 points, we're gonna win. They're not gonna win. If they score 27. 
They should be expecting a score at 35, 38. Yeah. Yeah, And if Fuller's not healthy, I can't see that happening. I also see this game being Fuller plays. He plays seven snaps and, like, and Will Fuller's and in the out. blue tent. <laughs> and he's out for the and rest of the And there's Will game. Fuller walking to the locker room. Oh. So you have no hope in Carlos and Hyde, though? No, because he's, he's... And you have no hope in Duke Johnson in this? Or you Duke, Duke Johnson's, Johnson's going to be better. used more than Hyde? They never do that. Well, no, in this particular game. Because it doesn't just like matter. With your, with they your never point, do it. though, it's going to be playing catch-up. They never do it, though. Okay, well, if they don't do it in this game, whenever you're playing catch-up to your point, then that's ridiculous. I think they should be playing keep-away. That's that's kind of my whole thing. If you can somehow establish your own with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, just keep flipping back and forth, run all three of them with Deshaun even in the middle there, I, I think you really have a shot. But if you keep giving the ball back and your strategy, they're not going to put up points every time. I want them to, but they can't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's their only option. Just because the defense is so bad. If they had better defense, it'd be different. You just think this defense is going to get destroyed. It's awful. It's been awful all year. It did fine It's Josh Allen. They allowed, yeah, it was okay because they for, they had big plays. Their best players made good plays. I think I think Kansas City may show a little bit of rust here. And it took Josh Allen to lose his mind a few times. And also, I don't think Kansas City has really that big of a running. And game. the the Bills averaged nineteen points a game this year. Who the cares? Chiefs are averaging, I think, thirty two. Actually, Patrick Mahomes, no. You sure? They've been like as good as balls from the last six weeks of the season. I thought they've only been averaging like in the twenties. No. Like 28. Since, since they lost to Tennessee, they've been incredible. Yeah, they're averaging 28, which is fifth. There you go. Well, I'm talking about since, the la- since they lost to Tennessee, they've scored 24, 40, 23, 23, 26, 31, which is like good. 27. Houston has a shot in this, my man. Get it together. Okay. You need to start hopping on this bandwagon here. Okay. We need some fuller, though. And they need Watson just be better than Mahomes, which I don't think he can be in this offense. He can't be. Now, he has to be able to run mm, and not take so many damn hits. So I have I have Houston covering though. I have them Whoa. I have them losing thirty seven twenty nine, but I think Kansas City goes up by like seventeen, and then here comes the Texans throwing the ball downfield finally, and they make it look closer than it actually was. I have the Texans. I'm going off of Fuller being healthy. If he's not, whatever, I'll still pick Texans. Okay. All right, so Texans thirty five. Kansas City Chiefs, 33. Interesting. Also, I'm going to say shouts out to Kansas City. They had the worst run defense in football the last two seasons. They had the 29th ranked de- or the 30th ranked run defense this season. Good That's for good. them. Good for them. That's good. I'm glad yeah, for Kansas you should City. really just play keep away all day. I really hope that I see just a lot of Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde this. So, the next game, the first game we have here. You're losing your mind. <laughs> is Minnesota versus San Francisco. The 49ers are six and a half point favorites. I think this is the most interesting game this weekend. This is the wait, game I'm most wait, excited wait, to watch. Wait, wait. Well, no, the game I'm mo- let me. Fi- we're about to have a conversation here. How? The game I'm most excited for, of course, is Houston versus Kansas City. This is the most interesting game to me. Which quarterback do you think is who has the better quarterback in this game, uh, Minnesota or San Francisco? Okay, hold on. This is why I was actually asking you how, not because it was a Houston Texans thing, but more. You hate Kirk Cousins. What are you talking We're gonna, about? There's a lot of things that, as we talk about this game for the next 12 minutes or so, it will be, we'll wait, we'll you, figure it you out. Go, you're like, are this you going is, into we're a about deep to have, no, we're about to have a conversation about God, this. God, you're going into so much yoga stuff these days. No, what, who, up. just answer the question, who has a better quarterback this game, Minnesota or San Francisco? Minnesota does, of course. Kirk Cousins is easily going to be the better quarterback in this game, and it's because Jimmy G... I'm not. I haven't been on board with him all season. You have. 
even against the Saints, even against the Arizona Cardinals. I do not care how he has looked. I do not believe in him. Kirk Cousins, guess what he did last week? He made the throws. He the made, man made the throws. He made two throws. Guess what? Three throws. Are those throws that matter? He made three throws. You didn't think he'd make those throws? No, I didn't think so. Exactly. He made three throws. It's three throws that matter, though. And it's three throws that you didn't think he could make. That's I thought all they need. I thought he'd make one. I didn't think he'd make three. And it's also I thought, and also I thought he would such a I thought he would need to make like five throws. And I thought he would make one throw and he made three throws. He did he did much better than what you predicted at. Yeah. But also, Dalvin Cook, man, is he the best running back in the league? No. He's very good. I would say that Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry are one and two. You I can mean, decide who you want. I mean, you can just put like five guys as saying but you can pick no, either one. You're best. not putting Zeke up there. Please don't put Saquon in that. I would say and yeah. Zeke, no. You have McCaffrey, Saquon. I you could Henry. say McCaffrey, but the other Saquon and Zeke. Cook. Do not put them with them. I'm not putting Zeke there. Okay, then don't put Saquon. Don't put Saquon there. Why? Because he has one big play a game. You can't put Saquon. He has a in bad that. quarterback or a bad passing attack. Get him out. He's very good. Either way, to my point though. Wait, Dalvin Cook, though, how impressed. I mean, how great have him and Derrick Henry been? I mean, Madison was really good that game, too. You're just disgusting. I mean, the but is what's interesting about this game, one thing is that, it is, is that each one of these offenses is pretty similar, where it's based on their outside zone rushing attack. The difference between the two is Minnesota actually throws the ball to their wide receivers. The 49ers don't all that much. They throw it to kind of everybody else. And it's changed some of the manual standards, but it's a passing game based around the screen game, throwing the ball to their tight ends giving the ball to everybody who is in wide receiver, whereas the Vikings are based on their screen game and also making their deep throws to Diggs and Thielen down the sideline as well, too. The one problem, well, the one interesting thing for Garoppolo in this game is that he has, he's not a real sideline thrower. Everything's short, and if he does throw it deep, it's usually to the middle of the field. The Vikings, the one problem they've had, the biggest problem they've had in coverage is covering the sidelines. On the deep left and right sideline, Garoppolo is 24-49 for 49%. Like, Winston threw 112 passes down the deep sideline. Garoppolo's thrown 49. Who so cares? you have to scroll past 18 different quarterbacks to find Garoppolo on this list. He's thrown four touchdowns to five interceptions on these throws. 12.8 yards in attempt. Uh, Samuel and Sanders combined for 10 catches on 18, 10 catches of 18 attempts for 203 yards and one touchdown. And so that's kind of the biggest question for Garoppolo this game is if he, can, if he can actually hit those deep sideline passes because the Vikings have struggled covering on those throws throughout the season. Okay, so you're more... Now you're giving Garoppolo a hard time. Do you... No, I'm not. I'm saying he needs to hit these throws that he hasn't hit throughout the offense the entire year. Like, you, that's the hole in Minnesota's secondary. Do you think that Kirk Cousins is going to struggle against the San Francisco defense more than the New Orleans? Uh... I don't know. I'm, I haven't thought about that just yet. What do you mean you haven't thought about that just yet? I thought we were having a conversation. I was talking about San Francisco's offense, and then you completely changed the subject. What do you mean with San Francisco's offense? You were talking about Jimmy G and his throw accuracy and percentage-wise going down the sideline. Jimmy G, I do not like. I think he is not going to make any type of impressive can see, throw. Can you see Sanders and Samuel having success on the sideline and no. Garoppolo making those throws this game? No. Because to your point, just like what we talked about with Kirk Cousins making three throws against New Orleans, I don't think Jimmy G can make the three throws. I think he's going to be truly dependent on his tight end. I think he is. And going that's to, their second point scored by doing that, though. All year. That's fine. 
but I still feel like he's going to be too dependent where Minnesota knows what they're going to be doing. And then you he's know who's gonna, the best defense? You know what? I'm trying to finish my no, point I'm at, here, I'm adding to and your, you're just I'm adding, going on about I'm adding, yours. No, I'm adding to your point. You know who the best defense is against tight ends this year? Who? The Minnesota Vikings. There you go. They're very good against running backs, too. They have problems covering receivers, especially down the sideline. Uh, their linebackers are so good last week against New Orleans, too. Barr was spectacular. Kendricks was great. They did a really good job controlling their screen games and their outside tosses and their short little passes, too. And like New Orleans's offense last week was just Taysom Hill and it was Mike Thomas against their safety or linebacker for six yards. And like you can have that throw, take the deep out for six all you want. You're not getting anything else. And their safeties are really tremendous that game too. Either way, whenever it comes to Minnesota, I just feel like that's what it comes down to. Their defense is just impressive enough where it gives Kirk Cousins relief to where even if he makes a mistake, whenever Thielen fumbled the ball last week, I thought the game was over. I really thought, oh, damn it, there it is. That's only, all we needed. They only, they only got three points after that turnover, too. That's what I mean. I thought it was completely game over where here's New Orleans, their crowd's in it, Minnesota was driving, here's the screw-up, we're done. But no, Minnesota's defense gives them another shot. If they screw up, at least Minnesota's defense is there to back them up. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe last year it wasn't good enough for Kirk, or maybe Kirk just wasn't good enough to where he had Dalvin Cook that he could rely on. Now that they have this running game, now that it's been consistent, they have a really good shot to keep running this table here because when it comes to the quarterback battle, San Francisco, I I hate Jimmy G. You hate him. No matter what you tell I think he's good good at making wide-open throws on play action. He's a good quick passer. Is he the worst quarterback remaining in the playoffs? I think it's... I want, that's what I'm asking. I want to say Aaron Rodgers, but I can't. You want to say Aaron Rodgers really is do. worse really than do. Jimmy G right now at this point. I was, I'm going to stick to Cousins, but I think they're about the same level. Like Garoppolo and Cousins are. The difference is that Cousins is a better downfield. Wait, wait. Thrower. Did you answer the question? Who do you think is going to have the better game then in this? I think... You can answer. You were having a conversation. Yeah. Like, it's just we weird because... go along, it's I'll weird figure because Garoppolo is their first in league in yards after the catch. The Vikings are up there in yards of the catch because of how much Cook does in the passing game and everything else. I think Cousins will be better because I think he'll have a few deep passes, whereas Garoppolo's like, oh, he didn't make a throw at all. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And I feel like that Garoppolo's going to have that guy wide downfield, and he's not going to look that way, and he's going to be too scared where he'll dump it off instead. I mean, he th- makes he, he attempts them. They just don't really call him all that often. Well, it's funny that Week 17 game against Seattle, their one downfield throw down the sideline, was a Kyle use check out of the slot. And it's another really fun game, too. I remember that. Because it's Mike Zimmer, who's a defense mastermind, versus Shanahan's offensive mastermind. And San Francisco makes, like, there's, like, five plays a game they run, like, that's that's LSD Should right be there. Allowed. Yeah. Like, they ran, like, the screen. They ran this that reverse over to, uh, I believe it's to Samuel, where Kittle goes in motion halfway, turns around, lead blocks. All the defenses, like, seven guys follow Kittle this way. And they're all over here, and then Samuel runs like a four four forty and scores against Seattle. And so there's just like there's five plays like that they run every game and create open throws. And so it's be interesting to see how Minnesota it, like if they're ready for it. But their linebackers have to be as good as they were last week. And again, I was really impressed by that. And I was also really impressed with how they use their defensive ends on the interior to create pass rush. And I think this game they won't do that. They'll stay on the outside. I think Hunter and Griffin can both have really great games against the, t- um, the San Francisco's tackles and Staley and McGlinchey. I think they're good, 
but they're not as good as Hunter and Griffin are. Do you think Bosa has a big game at all? Do you think he yeah. gets after Kirk Cousins? Yeah, Reef isn't very good. He's I like mean, he's mediocre. Like the Vikings say, have a I mediocre mean, okay. pass blocking offensive line, but they have a great outside zone offensive line. And like these teams run the same offense too, in a way. But Minnesota again fo- is more focused on play action deep, whereas San Francisco is more focused on play action short. San Francisco, it's the thing is, it's such a bizarre team where even with those little screen passes, to your point, even their trick plays, even with their running backs that they have for the weapons. This game could either get out of hand, but if it's a low-scoring game and if it's in the 20s, that's what I feel like Minnesota's going to win. Mm-hmm. If it, if one team gets into the 30s, it's San Francisco, and that means it's game over because Minnesota's not going to do that. I feel like that's kind of their strategy here is to be able to waste the clock. They're going to be able to throw the ball whenever they need to with Thielen and Diggs, but they're going to want to control it. I feel like it has to be another low-20 game for Minnesota to be able to pull this out. Because with San Francisco, nobody expected them to be here. They still have that chip on their shoulder. They still going to have the momentum with the crowd. I, I just hate Jimmy G. Yeah. I'm going to go back to that main point. That's fine. Jimmy, you can go to hell. I, I really didn't like him to start the year. I've come around him a little bit more because he's made a few more throws. You said against Arizona twice and against New Orleans. Well, yeah, he's done yeah. it in three games. He has. But I'm saying like the very first game, like the very like first five weeks of the season, like he's made – He's made one throw a game, and everything else is super easy. It's all play action. A lot of easy throws created. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota scored more than 30 points six times this year, which is a lot more than I thought. And more than I thought. Against yeah. a good team, though, or against bad teams? Uh, Oakland, yeah. Philadelphia. Okay. Remember that Philly game? Cousins had like four passes over 60 yards against them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Detroit. That was with Diggs. Yeah, Detroit, Seattle, and then the Chargers. Pretty good. It's okay. It's, all right. it's okay. They're they're not bad teams. So one of the things about San Francisco and Minnesota is they're both offenses that are really great at attacking teams with bad linebackers. And it's kind of like the Los Angeles Rams too, where the Rams will score forty one points against the um, against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they play the Ravens and they give up three. They score three points or whatever. And it's because that's just how these offenses work, where they don't really focus so much on the outside throwing lanes, except of course whenever Cousins throws to Diggs and Thielen, you know, deep down the sideline. And in this game, I thought the 49ers have had bad linebackers because it was Kurt Warner, or not Kurt Warner, Fred Warner. I got it. I still got, you got it. it? Oh, what Fred a Warner. mind. It's Fred Warner, and then they had two rookies outside of him. But D. Ford's coming back this week. Lorenzo Alexander's coming, or Kwan Alexander. It's Kwan. Kwan Alexander. Who's Lorenzo Alexander? Oh, he plays for the Bills. Man. I was about to say. (laughs) That's embarrassing. You talking about your team again? Yeah. That's what you're doing. Uh, But Quan Alexander is back this week, too. So I think the 49ers have good linebackers again. I wonder how rusty they're going to be, too. But then they can create passers to their front four. And I think they can control Minnesota's run game as well with their front four, too. Um, But, yeah, I, I love this game, though. There's so many interesting things about it. It's weird. Don't you think that, like, because I said about Patrick Mahomes and how he's going to be rusty against Kansas City. I just feel like Jimmy G's not going to be rusty. I don't know what it is. I just feel like maybe it's because everything's so wide open. He's such total dog crap that I think he's so bad that he's not going to be able to do anything, period, against this Minnesota defense. But who knows? That could just be my bias coming out. Yeah, that's fine. You know how they used to end TV shows like, will this happen? Will that happen? Will this happen? Are this, you ready? Are you ready for it? This game really is a what if. I'm ready for it. So you ready for my what ifs? What do you got for your what ifs? Can Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison control the ground game. 
Can Kirk Cousins hit deep? Can Minnesota's linebackers dominate? Will San Francisco hit passes down the sideline? Uh, it's a, which offensive or defensive master will outcoach the other? It, can Kittle get anything against the best defense in the league against tight ends? Which outside zone offense will be better this game? Coming this Saturday at 335. So my pick here. <laughs> Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, pretty good, right? <laughs> I've been waiting all day to say this. I, I think I did it okay. You did it just fine. So I have San Francisco winning 27-24. I'm going to take Minnesota with the points. I think these teams are very close. It's a weird game. It's strange. There's so many variables along with it. But I, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised though if San Francisco wins by 18 or whatever, or 17, and blows them it out. Could, it could go either way. That's why if Minnesota wins, then or Minnesota wins, 26, 23. So you're picking Minnesota. I'm picking Minnesota. I really do have Minnesota in this. Again, I feel like it's going to be a low 20 score game. I don't have. If Minnesota were to lose, which I'm not picking, they're going to lose. But if they do, then it's going to be San Francisco like 38. Minnesota 25. Gotcha. Like that's what I feel like it's going to be if they were to lose. But a low 20 scoring game, it's Minnesota. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I can't believe San Francisco finished second in points scored this year. It's because they did this. They would go like 25 and then they'd play a team and they go 52. It's what they always did. God. There's such like, what? what's the term? It's not bandwagon. What is it? Front runners. That's what they are. Screw them. Hey, yeah. By the, way, by the way, did I remind you that Jason Garrett's fired? Yeah, he did. Hey, did I? Do I hope you he's want, okay. Do you want to talk about Jason Garrett being fired? Hopefully, you hope he's okay. I don't know. Hopefully, I see him at the Buckies. He's I like, feel like we haven't talked about Jason Garrett being fired enough. Only about 30 minutes of the first half. We need to do like another 30-minute segment of Jason Garrett being fired. So, Saturday night, we have the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Tennessee Titans to a potluck dinner. That's not what's happening. Yeah, the Ravens are nine-point favorites. I just be a fast game. You got two teams who love to run the ball. Uh, we may be we may be home. <laughs> they say it's gonna be an hour. <laughs> the people were like predicting, oh, we're gonna be done in an hour here. We'll be done to be able to watch Nick at night. <laughs> Catch really I Love Lucy happen, on Nick at night. What's that murder show they always play on Saturday nights on NBC, like Frontline? I don't know. No, maybe, maybe Dateline. I only watched To Catch a Predator. That's not a good show. <laughs> you didn't like that. No. It's not. It's disgusting. It shouldn't be Chris on television. Chris Hansen's a genius. He's disgusting. He's a disgusting man. <laughs> um, so he Baltimore, their run defense, it's like 20th in the NFL. That's 19th in yards allowed Henry. attempts. 21st allowed in uh, yards per carry. Or 21st in yards per carry, 19th in DVOA. The Titans, they're 10th in DVOA, 7th in yards in attempt. So the Titans are, you know, a fringe top 10 run defense. The Ravens about 20th. And part of the Ravens, too, is that whenever teams run the ball against them, they run the ball whenever they're down and they're playing nickel and they're you know dealing with, you know, yeah, go ahead, run it. You're down by 21. We don't care. And so I think the Ravens' run defense is better than number state, though. I think that's fair. I, I feel like, just to your point, that once they get so far ahead and whenever teams kind of open up and they start running the ball and Ravens get a little loosey-goosey on defense. I kind of get exactly what you're saying about the numbers don't really speak to how good they really are. I just feel like for this game, who, who's the best? What, what running dynamic would you rather have here? Derrick Henry or would you rather have Lamar Jackson? I'd rather have the all-time great rushing attack of Lamar Jackson. Okay. Yeah, it's the all-time great one. So is Derrick Henry, though. 
It's been very good since Tannehill took over. But it's not all-time great. This playoff run so far will be. It's been good. 186 yards is more than good. On 35 carries. 186 yards. On 35 carries. Is that 186 yards yeah, it was, 186 it was impressive. yards? It was impressive. It's extremely impressive. I mean, just but again, just because you do something a lot doesn't mean you're great at it. Well, do you think they're the going to do it a lot this? The Ravens have, have a great... Well, I think there's two things about it. Uh, for Baltimore's rushing attack, the tight ends outside linebackers are okay. You know, like, Harold Landry's all right, but you don't want him against Ronnie Stanley. Kamali Correra, he's okay, but you don't want him against uh, Brown at all. Like those are, you know, Mount Washington, Zeus over there at right tackle. But these aren't, also their, their tight ends are so good blocking too. And that's my concern for them is what are they going to do in the edges? Vicaro's a good run stopper. Their corners tackle well. Dory Jackson's back. He had a really good game against New England. Logan Ryan's a good tackler too. But uh, I'm just really concerned about their outside linebackers against this rushing attack. Yeah, and uh, what's funny is that we were even just talking about that here. The defense is both. Do you think this is more of like a defensive game of what defense is going to be able to get off the field here? Because they both seem like they're the same, where both of them are just adequate. They're just good enough where, again, Baltimore's defense for me is just okay. I'm I think their pass defense is great. Their run defense is decent. I think they're passing. All you need to have is Peters to go for a ball once. If Tannehill can make Peters go for a ball, where I would just pick a spot for Peters where I know he's going to be going for it and just – Tannehill's got the cannon to do it. Play well, at, play action, double move. Yes, that's all you need to have happen because Peters is going to go for the ball no matter what, and he's going to miss. I believe he missed Ima- last year too. Imagine him trying to tackle A.J. Brown. Peters doesn't want to tackle anybody. He doesn't want to touch him. But that's also kind of the thing. It's what defense for me here but is ba- not going to be able to But Baltimore screw has four really good cornerbacks. They have Marlon Humphrey. They have Jimmy Smith. They have Brandon Carr. I think they still have Brandon Carr. I'm sure they have Brandon Carr still. Use Carr. Nah, and they have Peter. So they have four really good cornerbacks. They blitz more than anybody else in the NFL because of how good their cornerback play is. Um, both safeties are really good, too. I mean, their secondary is awesome. The only good passer they have is Matthew Judon, but they blitz so much it makes up for the rest of it. And they have a good play-action defense, too. So you feel like that Baltimore's defense is going to be able to get Tennessee off the field more than what Tennessee's defense is going to be able to do against Lamar? I think they can run like the that, ball between the tackles against them. Do you think Tennessee's defense is going to be able to get Lamar off the field once? That's, I mean, that's Without the points, the problem is on the exterior, though. I mean, I think both. I think it's gonna be kind of a low-scoring game, but each team is gonna score a little bit. But there's just not gonna be a lot of drives because these drives are gonna take eight plays, ten plays, twelve plays. You know, Mike Vrabel is gonna keep running the clock out to punt in the second That'd quarter. Be so awesome. No, he's gonna think of so many different strategies in order for this game to just. This game really may be over in like an hour and a half. Yeah. I cuz I feel like that no matter what it's both teams here just going to try to waste clock. I'm going to buy tickets to see 1917 at 9:30 Saturday night. Why 9:30? You're going to get there ca- by 8:30, dude. Well, I got get I got to <laughs> stay for the previews. Oh, just in case. I got you. Yeah. That's fair. I'm excited though for this game cuz I've been on the Tennessee bandwagon and I disagree with your point overall. I actually think that for matchup wise in the AFC, this is the best that you could possibly have. <laughs> I like the Houston versus Kansas City, and I really like the Tennessee versus Baltimore because it's really both sets here have the same type of strategies. They're really very similar to how both styles are where you have the quarterback and the receivers. 
Kansas City and Houston. Well, Houston doesn't play like they should, though. I know. you can, on, a, on paper, can yes. Can you just let me on paper, just believe yes. that Houston is this all-time passing team with all of their weapons? Because every time I bring up their weapons in the passing, you just shoot it down. Yeah, because they score. Taylor, that's in theory. Yeah, they score that's 23 points a game. It's like, oh, here's Darren Fells in the flat. <laughs> you just here's Carlos Hyde running the ball 27 times. Okay. But you got, okay. Yeah, you I understand the, what you're saying. Yeah, you got a supposedly passing side, and then you got the run slash let's try to have the defense stay on the field and not break. I really hope Lamar doesn't tear them out. I, I like tear them a new one here. I just feel like that Baltimore is really going to destroy them, and I don't want to believe this because Tennessee has been the greatest thing for me to actually be right on something. Mm-hmm. And if I see a Houston versus Tennessee matchup, oh my God, I swear to I God, you like you, I'm gonna go. I would go to the game. You would have to. Yeah, you would have to go to the game, and you and I will look up tickets. We'll. I would spend like four hundred dollars for a ticket. We'll go. We'll go more than that. Just don't tell Meg. Okay, she'll okay. get really mad. But either way, oh, you know what? Don't tell Meg. So, <laughs> oh, right? Mean. Okay. Either way, I'm. That'd be the greatest thing I could ever <laughs> see. I just don't think it's gonna happen because Amar's just gonna be a spoiler. And if they just continue on what they've been doing all year, this is gonna be a blowout. Yeah. Well, that yeah, it's true. I really wanted to be on a radio show this week, and they'd be like, "So, um, what's one way tennis? How can Tennessee limit the Ravens' rushing attack?" So ask me it. All right. All right. How can Tennessee limit the Ravens' rushing attack? Well, for the Tennessee Titans in this game, it has to be all about the 90s. Who are Ooh. the 90s, you may ask? Yeah. You got number 90, Daquan Jones, or nose tackle. Uh-huh. You got number 98, Jeffrey Simmons, their first-round pick from last year, who some say was the best player in the draft, but fell because of his ACL injury. They came back from this year to play around week 10 or so. And, of course, the glue of it all, number 99, Jarrell Casey. Their defensive line has to be great. They have to control double teams. They can't let the Ravens offensive guards and center get to the second level. They have to control the first level. If the 90s can be great, the Titans have a chance to limit their rushing attack some. If the 90s can be great, then the Titans have the And then you chance. cut to commercial, and they go, you did a great job, so thank you. Thank you. And then my check's on the way out the door. <laughs> okay, so you have played out this fantasy to the to the detail. Yeah. You know what? Pretty good, right? Yeah, it's good. I'm pretty sure you're going crazy. I'm good. Pretty I'm sure good. you lost your damn mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're okay at this point. I'm having fun, man. That's good. <laughs> that's what serial killers say. But yeah, I think that's, I think I mean, if they're going to stop their rushing attack, I think it's be from their defensive line out. Because yeah, I don't like their outside linebackers in this game. Rashawn Evans is spectacular. Um, he's one of my favorite players in the league. He's their first-round pick they trade up for from Alabama. He's been awesome this year. He made a tackle on Sonny Michelle at the goal line where – he leaped over uh, like Jeffrey Simmons's corpse and tackled Simmons in the air on first down. That red zone stop they had against New England, he had three tackles on all three run plays. All outside lo- zones to the left, which I, I couldn't believe McDaniels called. They had a one-yard line, just sneak with Brady, but he's afraid to get his chestnut dyed hair uh, a little gray. Is that you know? what it is? Yeah, that's what it was. But the one thing I, I think going for Tennessee, I think they can run the ball up the middle. And I, really, I think, what Baltimore's going to try to do is try to force him wide, which is kind of a weird thing to say because you don't want Henry wide because he'll stiff arm and right, run for 75 yards. But I think you want to funnel him into, you know, Judon. I think Alvasor is really good at coming around. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. It's I always say Almusor because it looks like a dinosaur. 
But I think it's like Alamusa. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's like that. But I think they're gonna try to get him flowing over the edge and try to force him wide and tackle him out there. And then that's one thing. I think they run the ball up the middle. I think AJ Brown versus Peters when they're lined up is a mismatch because he's just so physical and Peters isn't gonna want to tackle him. And the third thing, the Ravens haven't been that good stopping the deep middle passing attack. And whenever I close my eyes and if you say Ryan Tannehill, my eyes are closed, I think of Tannehill off play action. Just throwing the ball to the deep middle and hitting, you know, one or two of those throws a game, which I like think could change it. And that's what has to happen. Henry has to be great. Tannehill has to hit one or two deep passing attacks like that. And their play action game is very good. And uh as far as stopping the Ravens rushing attack, I have no idea how to do it. You don't do it. Nobody has. Like, what do you you can think of what I you can think of whatever you want when it comes on the defensive side, but Matt, I have nothing for any team. Oh, well, they may be able to Hang out? Yeah, I, there's you know, been a lot like, of conversation. Just say, please on. stop? Yeah. Like, dude, stop it. I, I get it. Cut it out. Yeah. There's like a lot of conversation <laughs> online about else. how you stop the Ravens rushing attack. It's like, no. You like, can't, like, you their offensive line's better than your defensive line. Lamar Jackson's better than you. You can't tackle him. <laughs> Is that He's all faster. you just He breaks Lamar's every tackle. Better than yeah. You. And like scheme wise, like as I don't know what the a answer human, is. as a person, as an individual. Um, the Ringer had a good article about about by Kevin Clark, and they had a YouTube video of his highlight team. It was their color. It was fantastic. They had the same helmets as the Bengals, but it was purple and yellow. What the? Oh, it was so cool. Wait, yeah, what? Yeah. And Jackson had this touchdown where he stopped, and the guy went right by him. And then he just walked in the end zone. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And actually, that was the biggest like highlight play of that year. Or and Vine no, or whatever. And nobody realized, oh, that's Lamar. Yeah, it's Lamar. That's Lamar. Yeah, but purple and yellow, Cincinnati Bengals. I want to see every color scheme you can have with the Bengals helmet now. I don't know why. Wait, no. Yeah. Wait, stop it with the Bengals helmet. Like, I want... You want the zebra? No, it's a tiger. No, I know, but you can make it. They, a zebra. Well, they kind of say do you that. want every yeah, color yeah. combination. I'm saying well, that's that you can a Sib- make- it's Siberian. Would it's it Sib- be considered a Siberian? Yeah. Or would it be considered a zebra? It's Siberian. I don't know why you're yelling at me. Damn, this is like a fictional thing. This is also a good color game too. It's not a good color game. Yeah, I I just like the way these teams look when they're on the field. Of course you do. And I guess the Ravens and Titans hate each other for some reason. Why? I don't like the fan bases do probably cause some game that happened like 2008 that. Nobody remembers except for Ravens and Titans. I don't remember fans. these, yeah. No idea. Uh, but yeah, I think Baltimore wins by 10. I have them winning 31-21. I really... No, I have much higher score than you, but I really want to... I can't. I can't. I have 37 Baltimore. I have 28 Tennessee. I want to pick Tennessee. The nine's nine. The line is nine points. You know what? Nine points. You s- I can't do it. 38-28. I can't do it at all. Interesting. I want, I want, I just. I know, it's hard Come sometimes. on, man. If it was, by the way, if it's Tennessee versus Houston, your reaction oh, is. Oh, be the greatest thing ever. Go- Taylor, Taylor, we're looking at tickets. Taylor, Taylor. <laughs> I mean, I would go by myself if I had to even. But uh, it's like that King of the Hill thing and all Texas Super Bowl, his will be done. That's me before an all AFC South conference championship game. You, May as will be isn't done. Isn't this your dream dream? It's one of my dreams. No, my dream is always More been, than like the actual. This would be even better than the that's dream That's what I was going to say. It's like if you have something happen to you 
or no, you want something, like you have this goal, and then something even better happens to you. You're like, wait, that was even a possibility? <laughs> like, that, wait. I should have been wanting for that, and maybe, wow. And so that's how this is where... But I'm you haven't been talking about it. You've been very Because I didn't even it. think about it until yesterday. I woke up yesterday morning and said, wait a second. We can have an all AFC South <laughs> conference championship game? This is even better than I could have even imagined it all these years. But yeah, all I've always won was week 17 AFC South championship. This is even Who better. knows that it would have been AFC uh, South championship for going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Darius Leonard had some tweet too. He was like, uh, after last, he's like, yeah, keep in the AFC South. You go, guys. I really love the brothership of this stupid division. You're just like angry about it. I want it was some like sportsmanship and you're like, what an ass. No, I love it. I want Paul Kaharski's old job so much. Back in the day, in like the you know early 2010s, every division had a reporter for it so he just got paid to write about the afc south i was like that's all i want to do and now he covers the times on and now they switched it where every team has a beat reporter instead because i don't know things became more specialized but i love being specialized i want that's my dream job afc south uh analyst 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 yeah hopefully my future employer doesn't listen to this yeah because i don't know what autism is apparently and Oh, dude, the autism thing, you're never getting a job. Yeah. I can't believe you. Dude, you're going to hell. I'm just very stupid. Yeah. So the last game we have here is <laughs> Seattle versus Green Bay. The Packers are four-point favorites. So you know what happened last time we saw Aaron Rodgers? Wait, and where? Like in the Week season? Week 17 in Detroit. Was it, Didn't he like throw like for 100 yards? At one point, he was two for 10. Okay. That's he good, consistently though. missed passes by like a little bit. They couldn't throw the ball down the sidelines at all. He finished the game 27-55, a 49% oh. completion percentage, 323 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 5.97 yards in attempt. He at least had more than 100, right? The Packers are kind of a bad, deep middle passing team, and Rodgers has been very mediocre this year. He's 16th in net yards in attempts. They're 11th in pass, def- pass offense DVOA. Uh, this isn't like an elite quarterback at all anymore. I know it's Rodgers, and they won thir- they're won they 13-3. But they're mainly thirteen three because they have a balanced attack and they have a good, a great pass rush and a good pass defense. And they've also won a lot of really stupid games. This Wait, year. did you just spit on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I say he's not elite anymore. Oh wow, what a statement! But again, I think everyone kind of knew this. Where Aaron Jones is now, kind of the rusher and the carrier of this team, and he's going to have to be it this weekend. Did you hear what the storm's going to be? No. They're probably going to get about 8 to 10 inches of snow prior. So, oh, and this is like, yeah, a couple hours beforehand. So, they're easily going to have a snow game in this. So, that means that Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball is going to be non-existent. I think that this is going to be a show of Russell Wilson versus Aaron Jones. Is the magician going to be able to pull it out? Or is Aaron Jones just going to have a field day against Seattle? I think what Seattle's real hope is is that they'll put in Jadavion Clowney to injure somebody because that's what Jadavion Clowney does is that he takes cheap shots when people are going to the ground. He then dives for their head, making sure that he hits them. So you know how Humpty Dumpty bumped his head, right? How did he bump his head, Matt? Clowney pushed him off that brick wall. See, here's the issue with that. Humpty was already falling during this real-life scenario, and then Clowney came down and hit oh, Humpty, so, hum- as Humpty so that Humpty falling. went even harder to the ground. Yeah. That's what this was. Hey, he plays hard. 
That's what you're going with? I'm calling. He waited for him to go down, and then he looks at, oh, hell he no. He was chasing back. He does that in every play. He always hustles. He always plays hard. He looked at him diving on the ground, and then he dove out his head. He didn't. Okay, he was diving to hit him. Wentz when is hard he, to tackle. Oh, you know what Wentz should do? Wentz is already going down. He should slide. He was already going down. He was tackled by the guy behind him. Yeah, he should slide. He was going down, though. He should slide. But he was going down. Yeah, he should slide. What do you mean? It's a legal hit. It's not a legal hit. You can hit somebody as they're going down. That was not a legal hit. No, it's not. Not in the head. Uh, you cannot in the head. You can't hit in the head. I yeah, guess. that's what he did. It's slightly He legal. lined up and he hit him in the head. Wentz should slide, though. It was him making a move. He was tackled going down to the ground. Yeah, he should slide. Okay. If you're a quarterback, you don't get hit, you should you're slide. You're such a defender. If Josh Allen murdered somebody along with Jadavion Clowney, you would say If Clowney did that to Allen, I'd say the same thing. Allen should slid. If you're a quarterback and you can get hit doing that, you should slide. No, that's... You should slide. No, 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 no. That's how yeah, you stop that from Whatever happening. defense you're trying to make on this is disgusting. I'm done with you. You should slide. I'm done. Uh, Klein had a really great game last week, though. He did. He I'm was very good. That, he needed still, to. That was a dirty hit. But that was important that he's been dealing with that core injury. He hasn't been good since the San Francisco game in week 14 that they beat him in. And he struggled with that core injury. He missed two games after that. He was awful week 16. He was awful week 17. He was good last week. Uh, I've never seen a player come so close to making great plays than Clowney does. Uh, there's so many like plays in tackle backfield. He just barely misses a tackle, or he goes through like three guys and balls out just immediately afterwards. Um, he's spectacular. But I have a I have a admission to make. What's your admission? Since Darius Smith is what I've always wanted Clowney to be, and the Packers are using Zedarius. Well, like, I mean from a production standpoint. Like, I've always wanted Clowney to have the productions that Darius Smith has had this year. And the Packers have had a bad interior run defense this year. And one of the things they've done to make it better is by moving Zedarius Smith on the interior to play the run and the pass. And also, Kane Clark's been hurt, too. They've struggled stopping the run a lot. And one of the ways they've been helping that bleeding is by moving Smith inside. But yeah, like, Smith has, I think, 12 and a half sacks this year. And he's had the season I've always wanted Clowney to have. And uh, they kind of look similar, too. They're both, like, really big. They have long hair. They kind of play some more, like it's more similar. It's just weird how Smith can make the production that Clowney can make, can't, doesn't make, even though Clowney's a better athlete. It's interesting, though. Yeah, so I'm liking the comparison between them, which I'm not saying that there's any disagreement. I just want you to know that Jadavion is a dirty player. So do you really think that you, when. You know what the <laughs> best plays ever, the best tackles ever made? He tackled Chris Ivory by his hair. And he, he was holding. I remember that. And he was holding his braids in his hair. I remember he that. He scalped them. And, and he was just holding his hair. It was awesome. And it was like week 15 and it didn't matter at all. And you scalped him. Yeah, it was That's awesome. Good. That's healthy. Either way, whenever it comes down to it with your whole... So with the defense, you would think that Green Bay's defense is going to be better productive in this than Seattle's? Is that what you're kind of getting at here? No. Well, the one thing is that... Well, there's, I guess there's two things. One, the Packers have had a bad run defense, but the, the Seahawks' yeah. run offense is non-existent now. They oh, ran the ball 26 times. For, I know. But they ran ball 26 times for 64 yards last week. It was a very good run offense with Chris Carson healthy. Uh, the only good news is Dwayne Brown's probably going to play after repairing his meniscus. Ooh. Mike, you a potty. Mike, I got to go potty. Mike, I got to go potty. He may play this week too. Holland was their guy, right? What? Holland was their guy, right? Who's that Holland? they've been using? Oh, Homer. Homer. That's yeah. I knew it started with an H. Which, by the way, 11 carries 12 yards. Uh, Fletcher Cox was so good last week. 11 carries, 12 yards. Yeah, they're rushing Jackson bad. Uh, Matt, you could get that if you just fall forward. 
the one thing though is the Packers are third in pressure rate or the fourth in pressure rate. Seattle's thirtieth, but I really don't care about the Seahawks pass protection anymore. Russell Wilson's so good. That's We're like I don't really care what their pa- their pressure rate numbers are. But the Smiths this year, Zadarius and Preston, twenty two and a half sacks, sixty quarterback hits, hundred pressures. Um, they've been you know extraordinary, and both of them have missed seven tackles each. And like Wilson's gonna have to make a lot of plays this game. He's gonna be the best player. He, I still think he's the MVP. He has to be the best player in this game for Seattle to win. He's easily not the MVP, but I agree as far as he has to be the best player. But he is. This team is only going to be able to win and even stand a chance with Russell Wilson. I actually feel like the snow may help Russell with this game only because it'll then take away more of Aaron Rodgers and his weapons where he's there. Which is Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in the passing game. And Oh, yeah, I was going to say Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams. Yeah. Because they don't really have much else. But Aaron... Wait, you, is, don't, you don't like Bob Lazar? Well, I'll put it to you this way. This is where I think that Aaron Rodgers is a douchebag. And this is where it bites him in the ass. Because I haven't heard that. I haven't heard somebody call a douchebag except for you. Nobody uses that word anymore. Yeah, I use douchebag all the time. Yeah, it's like I haven't heard they they say f boy nowadays. Oh, dude, no, it's douche all the way. Because yeah. you can actually say douche. You I'm, can't say. I'm F-boy. just saying I miss it. I haven't heard that word consistently in seven years or whatever. Aaron Rodgers, this is where it bites him in the butt because he doesn't like his receivers. He doesn't work with them, so there's no type of relationship built where he just expects the receivers to be able to do like those spectacular things where they're all supposed to be Devontae Adams. That's what ruins the relationship where then you're just dependent on Devontae only. But this is also an Aaron Jones game. This is a Russell Wilson versus Aaron Jones for me. This is who's going to be able to make more plays, who's going to be able to be out there on the field more, because even though they're going to have a running back come back for Seattle, I don't think it's going to be enough. I just feel like you're going to have Russell just have about 10 carries at the very least. Yeah. At the well, very least. I mean, Clarence has to be great this game for them to oh, win. Oh, yeah. He has to stop their run game. Um, there was a play last Sunday where Josh McCown ran his own read. He cried, man. I don't want to talk about it. With Ziggy Ansaw as the read defender. It was one of the – I'll play it for you after the show's over. It was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen, though. Because Ansaw gets outrun by 42-year-old Josh McCown. And this is supposed to be their edge rusher. And it's been bad for him in that front. Their linebackers are good, though. Uh, Wright's been great. Wagner's been great. Kendricks is good. I think Kendricks is out this week, though. And they cover the sidelines well, too, with their cover three defense. They're – you can throw in their seams, so this seems to be a big Jimmy Grand game. They need to get uh, Aaron Jones working out of the backfield down the seam as well, too. The other interesting thing to this game for me is that Russell Wilson's thrown five interceptions this year. Aaron Rodgers has thrown four interceptions this year. See, the Seattle has had 17 interceptions, and the Packers have had 16, and they're top five in interceptions forced, and they're bottom five in, intercept, or in interceptions thrown. And so I wonder if one of these defenses can actually pick off a pass, create a turnover like that, because these are two teams that don't really turn the ball over at all whatsoever. And I think that could be the difference. Uh, in With this the game weather, uh, I don't know. Interception? Have you? By the way, that's actually very another good point. I've never really, from my memory, seen an interception in the snow. I feel like it happens. I feel like it happens, but not very often, know. from what I remember. Man, I really can't remember me seeing a pick in the snow. Yeah. I think we may see one this game. You really? Yeah, I think so. I think it could I don't think so. I think it could decide this game. I think a fumble for sure. I don't think a pick. 
the other thing to keep in mind too is that every Seahawks game is dumb. They're all on drugs. It makes no sense. Every Seahawks Packers game is like a near death experience. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Well, it's just like they're always really close and stupid. They're yeah. always they're always a near death experience. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a one two point game. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I this is probably the game I'm most excited about, only because no matter what for me, I feel like this is gonna be a close game. While the others, I feel like, can take a dark turn no matter what. Mm. And then it's just blowouts. This is the one where no matter what, I feel like it's the one consistent. Yeah, that's good point. Like, it's, it's, it has to be close. Yeah. I don't think either one of these teams are going to pull away. Yeah. So my most exciting game is Houston. My most interesting oh, game is, that, huh? is, uh, is Minnesota-San Francisco. My favorite game is this one. And uh, like the cute, quirky game is Baltimore-Tennessee. I think you just want to call Ryan Tannehill cute. No, I want to call Tannehill Jackson. Tarrant. I want to smell. Who's cuter for you? I want to smell Derrick Henry's hair. What does that mean? I want to smell his hair. Why do you want to smell his hair? I wonder how he does it. He probably puts on head and shoulders. No, that's for dandruff. <laughs> so, I bet he. I bet he could cut that what thing that off mean? and kill somebody with it. So you're just saying with his big dread that he ties up his entire hair in? It's not even a dread though. It has to be a dread, right? It's like. A column. Because like how does he rook. look in public? Uh, how he does has, he wear he always the hair has his in public? Hair like that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then he's like trying to form like a spike or something. It sank the Titanic. What if he's trying to grow it out like Avatar? Oh, uh, maybe. Oh. But it's just like, it's... I know. What if there's something even smaller and thinner that comes out of that? Maybe. And then it like seeps down and then he's able to connect into the nature. And that's how he's so good at running the ball. It's because he connects with the world. And he also he does things that nobody else can. He also has 235 pounds and has great vision as an outside zone back. Who, and also has great outside zone blocking in front of him. You have your theories. I have mine. That's fair. <laughs> that's extremely fair. But yeah, I think this game is going to be dumb and close. Um, what do you got? So I have... The Seattle Seahawks, 25. And the Green Bay Packers, 24. I think Russell Wilson's going to be the best player on the field. And, yeah, I just, I just I like him more than Rodgers. I like him more than the Packers. And also, I don't think the Packers have been that good this year. They play some dumb games. They play some bad games. They won a lot of close games. This offense isn't all that good. Um, it's really balanced, but they just miss a lot. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. I have Seattle 27. I have Aaron Rodgers 18. 27-18. Yeah. You like that? You like damn apples? You like that? I just think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Hey, do you like apples? How do you like them apples? I just think it's going to be closer. I agree overall, but I think that Russell Wilson's going to throw like a late touchdown or something to put put the game away. He's going to ice it at the end. Yeah. Because he's Russell. He's going to pull a magic trick and be the MVP. He's not the MVP. He's the MVP. Russell Wilson is great, and I've always said that he's my favorite quarterback to watch besides Dak, obviously. But the MVP is Lamar. Come he's on. done more with less. Why? If you take him off Seattle, they win six games. But Lamar, if you okay, but here's the thing: if you take Lamar off Baltimore, who are you going to put to replace him? And they're still going to win that. I amount think. Of games. I think with RG three, they could win. Stop. I think with RG three, they'll win eight games. They'll yeah. win eight. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll be eight and eight. Yeah, I think so. That's not that good. I think that's the, not a playoff team. I didn't, yeah, I think the Seahawks win six games without Wilson. Okay, well, either way, we're talking about it. Doesn't matter. I'm talking if about non playoffs or non playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I think Seattle. I think Wilson's got more out of less. 
Rose Jackson I'll is agree. everything perfect for him. I'll agree, but I don't think it's much of a dip. It's not a big enough difference for that point for me to give it to Wilson when overall Actually, Lamar has had the better season. I, I would give Lamar Offensive Player of the Year, but we're talking most valuable here. Give you Put Taysom Hill in my offense. Okay. That's All what right. I want to see happen. I want to see Greg Roman go coach somewhere else and then trade for Taysom Hill. I want to see where... New Orleans loses Drew Brees, has to oh, lose Teddy, two and qu- then they put in Taysom. And I want New Orleans fans to have some of that. You know, he's They've 29. been talking so much. Whoa. Yeah, man. he's been around forever. Good God. I know yeah. he's been around for a while. Now, I want I the 29? Teddy Bridgewater-Taysom Hill dual quarterback experience. That'll be a good I'm experience. I'm so tired, Brees. I'm so tired, Brady. Just let you know. He, he wants to play five more years. He gets worked up in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not the same guy at all. Well, where, then he can't deal with interior pressure. Yeah, he can't see over it. Everybody seems to know that. Yeah, everybody seems to know exactly what to do to him, and he's not getting over it. It's the same kind of experience. And he can't Flash, throw the ball downfield either. Yeah, he made one throw. He to Hill. Look good in the playoffs. That was wide open. Yeah, he can't throw the ball downfield. Just like the same thing with uh, the Rams game. And even though they got screwed last year, he was he bad. Didn't look good. Yeah, he's bad. But that fumble Hunter had, that was similar to the Aaron Donald play where he threw that interception yeah. in overtime. Like, yeah. interior pressure he can't deal with. He's a bad downfield thrower. It's like, sure, throw the ball to Michael Thomas 17 times, times against the Carolina Panthers and score 38 points. Cool. You impressed? I just like Miso just putting a linebacker on him. It's like, and then shading this way and tackling every time. Like, yeah, you can have that for six yards. Enjoy I don't care. It. Enjoy that. Enjoy it. Give the ball to Kamara would tackle him for, you know, one or whatever. But, it, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun game. Everything's fun. Everything's beautiful. My heart's glowing. Oh, God. Uh, we I have, don't want to be here anymore. We have one last viewer question before I cut this entire podcast. Or two. Why is Taylor so great? This one's from at TurnerButts4. <laughs> what did you call me? Don't laugh. <laughs> what did you call me? He's a friend of the podcast. Don't laugh. How much pressure do you expect the Chiefs to get on Deshaun Watson? What do you predict with the t- total number of sacks? Um, I would say five because everybody sacks Watson a lot. The only good thing about for Houston entering this game is they're good in their one-versus-one matchups, but Chris Jones versus Zach Fulton's horrifying. Chris Jones against Max Sharping's horrifying. Chris Jones against Nick Martin's horrifying. Uh, I think Tunsil will be able to neutralize Clark whenever they get that matchup, but how often they get it, who When knows? he's not doing a false start. Yeah, and they're also really bad against the Blitz, and Kansas City's been very aggressive this year with their blitzing. So I think Watson can sack five times. I think he'd be sacked more, but they're going to try to establish the run. They're going to fall behind early. I'm going to say three sacks. Three sacks. Take that. Okay. Yeah. And the last question we have here is from another friend of the podcast, Joe Barnett, who's at taxidea underscore Texas. What would you call me? Thing line Johnson Jr. will guard Travis Kelsey again. I also like the wrinkle with Jalaspia. A dual backfield with he and Duke could be fun. So, I mean, Johnson, they just put on the bench completely. The idea with him is that he's big, he's strong, he's physical. He doesn't want to play cornerback. Maybe in two years he'll be a good cornerback. He isn't right now. And maybe he can match up and push him around some. I don't I don't know. Like, there's no good matchup. I was about it. to say, I think it's just, it's almost a lost hope. I feel like... No matter what you tell me, I believe in covering anybody else. But the moment we bring up Kelsey, they can't I got cover nothing. Hill though. I, Hill, you can always do. They can't something. cover Hardman. You can you can do something with Hardman. I don't believe in Hardman that much. Kelsey though, I got nothing, man. Yeah. Again, right. I, 
with you, it's we like, can argue with everybody else, but Kelsey, we can't. It's like trying to figure out, oh, this is how you stop the Ravens' run offense. You don't. You it, can't. It's until same, somebody does it. It's usually it's thinking about the exact same type of topic where I want to be able to be positive, but there's no positivity. I think the 2018 Houston Texans could have limited the Ravens' rushing attack. Man, you didn't believe in the 2018 Houston Texans. Yeah, and they got skunked almost. Yeah. By the Colts. You don't believe in, in, the your, wild card in round. your team. Why don't you let Taylor do the talking? Because he believes in the Houston Texans. That's fine. Okay. Um, and the reason why I like Gillespie in the backfield. I don't have a hidden shirt under here today. <laughs> in this game is that unlike Darren Fells, he blocked the second level like twice. Darren Fells does it once a game. And also their offense is so funny to watch. I was watching the film last night. And they put Darren Fells in a flex wing position. You're like, oh, they're running the ball right now. And then there's a run. And they put him off the line of scrimmage, and it's not going to be a run. It's going to be a play-action, mass-protect pass, or he'll go out for something short and quick. And the offense is really predictable. But with Kansas City's linebackers, this is a game where they need to block the second level well. They need to create matchup opportunities whenever they run it. And the Raven- and the Chiefs have a bad run defense again this year. It's just going to be you know, how well they block the second level to exploit it. Uh, but yeah. So, those are our viewer <laughs> questions. Oh, they were good. I just wish that they were more about how great I am. I just really wish that that would be the main topic. But for some reason, we don't have a Taylor's Corner on this show. I feel like you're very. That's what just, the off season's for. I feel like this is just all about you. No, that's, I feel like you're that's just what very the selfish for. person. You know, this podcast is when it's here. Taylor's. Corner. I'm like a big, beautiful purple whale shark, just floating through the ocean, eating a bunch of krill, and then you're one of those like. Nasty little sucker fish that just eats the dead skin off the big whale shark. No, 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 no. That's what it is. What I've always compared myself as is I was the little octopus that camouflages himself, that sneaks into a bigger octopus's household, sleeps with the wife, and then leaves. The male octopus doesn't realize that you're a male because you're as big as the That female. you're a rapist? No, no. The, the female okay. is okay. for it. <laughs> I didn't okay. say she was a sleeve. I said I'm in Yeah, the- you still tricked her. Well, no. They just believed I was a female and then I was a male. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Somehow that turned into a Me Too movement. That's fine. All right. So to recap, I have Kansas City 37-29. You have Houston 35-33. Um, somehow we make the same pick on that one. What? I'm, I'm a, I'll give Kansas City another point for this one. We what? won't make the same yeah, pick. Yeah, don't make the same pick. You need to cut the crap. Let's Wait, do... I thought I was. I picked Houston. Yeah, I had Houston too in a way. I picked them to cover. I think Kansas City's going to go up big, and Houston's going to score some garbage points to make it like a nine-point game. Are you now picking Kansas City outright? I'm going to go Kansas City 37-27. Oh. We can't do the same on that one, I guess. Yeah. You have Houston 35-33. Yeah. For Minnesota, San Francisco, I have San Francisco 27-24. You have Minnesota 26-23. The line's six and a half points. Tennessee, Baltimore, the line is nine points. I have Baltimore 31 Tennessee 21, yeah, Baltimore 38, Tennessee 28. Seattle, Green Bay, I have Seattle 25-24, you have Seattle 27-18. Dude, I can't wait to like just go up on you already. You're going to owe me so much dinner. 
Oh, no, and no. Winner. You need to tell all the listeners how you had to pay me and I had to get torchies on you because I'm the champion. Yeah, the Bills lost. The Bills lost. Yep. The Bills how won. Weird. The Bills lost. How weird is that? Yeah, I bought hey, you. You bet against your own team there. You got two tacos out of it. Thank God you're betting against your own team again. That's fair. I mean, I was going to bet for him, but we couldn't pick the same on that one. Oh, my. No, you weren't. Oh, I'm changing it back. Oh, okay. You want to change it back then, tough guy? Yeah, I'm changing it back. We'll have a point bet then. I got 37.29 again. No, see, a viewer question should be, why are we doing point spread and not straight out win? This is better. No. Yeah. Because now... I don't go into your house and tell you how to do you things. You know why? It's because if Houston were to win... You don't get credit for that. Yeah, I do. See? That's why I don't like it. You don't deserve That's credit. That's why it's good. You picked against them. That's why it's good. I'm actually picking Houston. You're picking Kansas City, but you're saying with the point spread, you still get the victory? Yeah. You can go to hell. Yeah. You can go to hell. That's fair. That's not fair. I'd rather be in hell than spend a day in heaven with you. Well, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. You're so like, You can't even say that with a straight face. I'd rather be in heaven. And after your autism a comments you. here tonight, <laughs> you're going to hell. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that very poorly. Yeah, you said that very poorly. So that's our show for tonight. We'll be back on Saturday morning, actually. We'll do a Kansas City Chiefs deep dive. We have a very special guest. Uh, Tyron Matthews coming on the podcast. Strange that he's found the time to, to do this since he's playing a playoff game. And then we'll be, we'll be back on hopefully Sunday night, not Monday night to talk about the Texans game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Bob Radio. Give it five stars. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And thank you for being on the show tonight, Taylor. Josh Allen's overrated. He's probably rated. He's very good. He's-